Uh, God, this, this evening I'm excited about this lesson. Uh, just some things that you've retaught me and, and, and shown me through the study of this lesson. God, I pray for um, these kids and these adults in here tonight that maybe just there's something new for them, maybe something uh, just refreshing for them as well. I pray that uh, you move in a mighty way through this, this lesson and, and may people walk out of here different, God. May they, may they pay attention, may they listen and, and focus uh, not on me, God, but on what the Holy Spirit is teaching them tonight. Shame, I pray. Amen. Amen. Uh, to say I'm excited about uh, this lesson uh, would be an understatement. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty pumped about what we're talking about tonight. If you have that Bible app this week, I was able to get that um, on there. So if you have the Bible app, you can go to the more section in case you guys don't remember. Or have not been here. You open up the Bible, that YouVersion Bible app, that most common Bible app. You go to the More button on the, over here. Hit Events. The one that says Family Student Ministry, which will make sense. And there's our notes for tonight. So you're welcome. You guys can take notes and all that good stuff. Follow along. You can save them and have them forever and ever and ever. Not that you guys really want to, but maybe you will. But this is week one of, of Choose Your Own Adventure. We were supposed to have week one. Uh, last week, but of course, we had the snow apocalypse, as Pete called it. And he just laughed at us the entire time because he's used to. They don't call. They didn't cancel church up there until it got to two feet deep, and so he was laughing at all of us here. I'm not saying up there. I mean from Pennsylvania. <coughs> I want you guys to think of a few of your closest friends. I want you to think of a couple of your closest friends. You got it? You got them in your head? Yeah. Shake your head. Yes. Got it. Okay. Now think of a few quote-unquote adventures. That you've gone on, or maybe you would like to go on together with those people. Uh, my son's been really interested where we're living now. There's a pump jack just a little ways behind um, uh, our house, and so he likes to walk over there and hang out. And uh, when I was in school, we had some friends, and they had a pump jack at the end of our road. What's up, girl? And uh, my mom's over there. She, I think you've heard this story. I think I feel like, yeah. She heard it. So my mom was over there, in case you guys know. Um, when, I, when I was in, in Angleton, my last church, I would, like, live stream these. And so there's some things I've told her myself that she heard for the very first time through my lessons. But anyway, so she's heard this story. And so I would walk down to our road where this pump jack was, and they don't, disclaimer, don't do this. And so we would, my friends and I, we would go ride the pump jack like it's a big seesaw. It's very dangerous and very stupid. Don't do that. You got it? Don't, don't do it. Brandon, don't do it. So anyways, and so that's, that was an adventure that we did. Please don't make that be one of your adventures that you choose to go on with your friends. But maybe you probably have different friends who will be perfect for different adventures, right? You probably have a certain set of friends, certain circle of friends that would be good for this one kind of thing. And then you have some other friends that would be good for a different kind of adventure. But what if I told you that you had to choose only one adventure? And that, that it was the only way that you could spend time with any of your friends. The same adventure over and over and over again. Maybe you love playing soccer, but how, would you, can you imagine how terrible it would be if you could only ever play soccer with your friends? So anytime you ever got with your friends, all you would do every single time was play soccer. Um, maybe you, you know, your friend hates soccer and likes to play video games instead. Uh, you know, that probably would not work out, right? Uh, let's take this a step further. How about 
with that, with that one thing? How about I picked that one thing for you and your friends? And let's say um, it becomes a thing that like, we all have to do with all of our friends at all times. Let's say I choose to, uh, to watch the Cubs. This is how I look most of the time right here, watching the Cubs. Because they make me cry. Because they're not any good. Um, except for one year. But this is one of my favorite things to do today. Pitchers and catchers report at the spring training, which means baseball is right around the corner. Um, in 10 days will be the first spring training game. I'm excited. I've been Brandon's a Cubs fan. He's a closet Cubs fan. He's not as excited as I am. But uh, I've been sending him countdown um, of when this is starting. And I texted him this morning before Jesus was awake and told him it's the most wonderful time of year. Um, I love baseball. I love Cubs. Anyway, so what if I said all we could do, anytime we ever gathered together, was we had to watch the Cubs. How many of you guys would be excited about that? Just a few. Baseball boys are cute. Baseball boys. Cubs, have you ever seen? I would be okay for like a week and I The Cubs are basically. He's Googling. I know you can probably I've seen him. My dad was going. No, my stepdad. He's pretty good looking dude. Anyways, he is. You can laugh at me all you want to. He's a good baseball So anyways, it'd be weird. You know, you guys probably, maybe a few of you would be excited, but the majority of you probably would not be very excited. Um, Leah would not be excited at all. She used to watch baseball with me, and now she hates me. That's okay. One day she might love me again. But of course, there isn't only one way to spend time with your friends, right? Like you go to your friends, there's different ways you can spend time with them, correct? Mm -hmm. Yes, Yes, you guys can say yes, because that's that's a very true statement. It should be pretty easy to answer that one. And that's not how adventures work either. If you did the exact same thing every day over and over again, it probably would stop feeling like an adventure after a few times, correct? Like if you did a few things a few times... um, you know, so we, you know, whenever uh, my wife and I were first married, we would go to Six Flags quite a bit. And it's pretty exciting. It's fun stuff. But, you know, it, it loses a little bit of its appeal the more you go. You know, um, I've only been to Disneyland once. That was pretty exciting. I'd probably be pretty excited for another one or two trips. Um, but then again, the, the appeal would kind of, let's say, if you go on the same adventure all the time, it just wouldn't be as exciting. So this entire month, we're talking, we're talking a lot about adventures. Because if the, the truth is, you've been... Invited on an adventure. Braylon, there's a remote I think I put on that soundboard. Can you turn that TV on behind you? There we go. Yeah, I might have this one up for a second. Maybe we'll cut back on. Okay. Because now I can't see what I'm talking over there. Thanks. I turn it off for the game because some people are cheaters. It's got to kick on. Maybe it'll work. This one's working. That one. Oh, oh. Now we're all broken, aren't we? <laughs> that one's messed up. That's okay. Don't worry about it. We're good. That's why I don't like really like turning that off whenever I'm, whatever. Anyways, so it's but it's it's the adventure of a lifetime. Um, it, it this adventure is anything but boring, and the company is actually truly amazing. Eventually, you've been invited onto the journey of knowing and loving and following Jesus Christ, and the person inviting you on an adventure is your Creator. You guys hear me? The God who made you and knows you better than anybody else. This this adventure that I'm talking about it's, it's a relationship. This adventure is a relationship with Jesus. You, you know, maybe you're thinking praying and going to church uh, are not what I call an adventure. And I, I kind of get that, all right? A few years ago, we did, I watched a video for the very first time. It was these uh, Chinese Christians who had been smuggled in by, they had suitcases full of Bibles that had been given to them. And so they were opening up these suitcases full of Bibles, and they were grabbing those Bibles, and they were just holding them tight, and they were 
like crying, hugging their Bibles. I was so moved by what I saw that I, I got on Google and found how, how we as a youth ministry could support, um, you know, getting Bibles into the hands of these Chinese Christians. And so I found a group called Bibles for China. Not a really hard search there, Bibles for China. And so uh, we raised uh, enough money. To, I think we were able to give like 500 Bibles, I think. It's crazy what our student ministry did. And so we gave up like 500 Bibles. And then a few months went by, I was sitting in my office, and uh, the president of Bible was trying to call and said, Hey, uh, one, I just want to say thank you for the gift. Two, um, you want to go with us sometime and pass that Bible? Uh, yeah. That one, I'm like, let me, let me make sure I can. Talk to my church. Because it's like a two-week trip, you know. It's not like the easy thing just to walk away for two weeks. So I had to talk and stuff. So I looked into it. I prayed about it. And I ended up getting to go and pass out um, Bibles. And it was just crazy uh, getting to do this. I have a couple pictures. And so there was a team of us. And we, the, the, the week that we actually got to do the work, we passed out over 50,000 Bibles. For most of these people, it was their very first, very first Bible they ever owned. And for the majority of these people, um, they were elderly people. And they're just now, as you can see, I mean, the whole truck, it's the back of a truck, is just full of Bibles. And... Uh, you can tell he's not like the youngest person there. This is his very first Bible to ever own. Uh, most of us probably owned a few. I have like a dozen sitting in my office. You know, we kind of take that stuff for granted. That was, uh, needs to say, going there was an adventure. Uh, I don't know if you know much about China and Christianity. Um, Chinese government is not exactly the biggest fan of Christianity. And so, uh, you know, we had to be careful what we were doing out in public, uh, kind of where we were. Um, at some checkpoints, you had to be careful you know, what we said or what we, you know. There's there some times we could have uh, gotten in some trouble. Um, but being in a relationship with Jesus, is, it's, it's an adventure, I promise you. Is that you? That is me, yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was younger. Isn't that crazy? What? It years ago. I was younger back then. <laughs> yes, that's me too. Probably that. So yeah, there's me and my elf ears. <laughs> tall like one too. Alright. Now that we're done picking on me, Ashley, for tonight. But your faith journey, it's an adventure because it's a relationship with the creator of the universe. The creator of all things says, hey, I want to be in a relationship with you. Let's do this together. Anybody else hear me? That sounds kind of crazy. Kind of exciting. Just a little bit, right? No? Some yes. people. I mean, who, who would you want to go... Go on an adventure with that's maybe like some celebrity, some person that maybe you'll never be able to talk to. Bear Girls. Who? Bear Girls. That'd be pretty fun. Steve <laughs> Here's the thing you can name all these people, you can think of all these people, but I promise you, the adventure that you would go on with those people does not even compare in the slightest to the adventure that you and God can go on. You guys hear me? Yeah, you probably don't believe me. You may be like, they're not stupid. I promise you, the adventure that God has for you is so much greater than any adventure you can go on with somebody. That's uh, walking this earth. But how are we supposed to connect with someone we can't physically hang out with? That's a good question. You know, we know how to spend time with our friends. But how do we spend time with God? So what do you think? What, what, give me some answers. What are, what are the most common ways that people spend time with God? Reading their Bible. Reading their Bible. Praying. Praying. Going to church. Going to church. Worshiping him. Worshiping? Like worship music kind of thing? Okay. What else? Listening. 
Listening to sermons? What else? What are some other ways people spend time with God? Just talking to Him. Just talking to God, talking to people about God. There's, I mean, there's, there's a few ways. Those are fantastic. You know, if you talk to most people, uh, they probably don't want to answer this question in just a, a couple of ways. Uh, like pray or go to church. But you know that the way you spend time with your friends is unique and it's personal and it's always different. The truth is, spending time with God is the exact same way. I can tell you all about the ways that I spend time with God or all the ways people in Scripture spend time with God. But there's one specific person I want us to look at today. And that is Jesus. If you have your Bibles or in that Bible app or in Luke 5, I'm not going to read the whole thing. I'm actually going to just kind of paraphrase the first section of that book. In Luke 5, we see where Jesus called his very first disciples. So he's there with his disciples, his, his people, and he's about to call his 12 homeboys. You got it? This is what's about to take place. He's calling his 12 disciples. He walked up to Peter and told him to go back out there and throw his net into the water. Because he was a fisherman, that's what they do. Peter told him that he had always been out. He'd been out all night and he caught nothing, but he still obeyed Jesus anyways. And they went out, threw the nets out, and they caught so much fish that their boat almost sank. They had to call their partners, James and John, and their boat almost sank. That's crazy. That's a lot of fish, right? That's, that's a bunch of fish. After that, Jesus called Peter, Andrew, James, and John to be his disciples. A disciple, one of my favorite definitions, by a guy named John Randalls. He always said, a, a disciple is a disciplined follower of a master. A disciplined follower of a master. And Jesus began to start doing some crazy miracles. He healed a leper. And in verse 16 is what he did immediately following that healing of a leper. It says, But he would withdraw to desolate, desolate places and pray. So in this chapter, we get a picture of what Jesus' ministry looked like. He was busy calling disciples. He was healing people. He was spending time with people who needed to know God. But in the middle of everything, Luke reminds us that Jesus stopped and spent time with God. If you read the Gospels, the Gospels tell us pretty often that this is something that Jesus did. Matthew 14, 13. Now when Jesus heard this, he withdrew from there in a boat to a desolate place by himself. And when the crowds heard it, they followed him on foot from the towns. Mark 1, 35. And rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place. And there he prayed. Mark 14, 32. Then he went to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to his disciples, sit here. While I pray, Luke 6, 12-13. These days he went out to the mountain to pray, and all night he continued in prayer to God. And when day came, he called his disciples and chose from them twelve who we named apostles. Each of those scriptures represents a different way that Jesus spent time with God. Jesus started his day with God. He ended his day with God. He spent, most, he spent time with God when he was worried or when he was mourning. Jesus also modeled for his disciples, those people who were learning to, to follow and to be like him, by praying with them and in front of them often. The scripture tells us that Jesus often went by himself to pray. So let me ask you this. Is that, is that it? Is that, the, is that what we're supposed to do? Is praying in silence by yourself the way to spend time with God? If solitude and silence and closed eyes are mandatory for spending time with God, uh, there are some of us who probably never do it. We're probably, maybe we try. Uh, we fall asleep pretty quickly before we got to Amen. If this was the one and only way to spend time with God, I can understand why you might be skeptical about a relationship with God, feeling like an adventure. But what if Jesus didn't pray in silence and solitude 
because it was the one and only way to spend time with God? What if Jesus prayed this way because it was the best way for him to, con <coughs> to connect with God? Think about it. At that time, Jesus couldn't go anywhere without being followed. You got it? Let me look at one of the verses. He couldn't go anywhere without being followed. And it makes sense that he needed some alone time. You don't have to be a celebrity to appreciate silence and solitude, though, right? Just like Jesus needed a break from the business of his life in order to connect with God, prayer might give you a little peace in the midst of chaos as well. <coughs> what if I told you silence, solitary prayer isn't the only way for you to spend time with God? So, how about you guys? What are some ways that you spend time with God? This is, I would love, love answers. I have like audible answers so I can hear them. <coughs> what? What else? What are some of the ways that you spend time with God? You pray? Witnessing. Witnessing. What else? What are some ways that you spend time with God? Volunteer and share His Word. Volunteer within the children's ministry. What else? Read my Bible. Read your Bible. Does anybody like to, to worship through music? Anybody? A couple people? Um, through, uh, through my, the worship, through doing different kind of art stuff? Anybody? Anybody kind of artsy? Nobody? Uh, maybe like to just spend time with God in nature. Maybe go for a walk. There's not a lot of trees out here, but you know, it's so pretty. I love the sunsets in West Texas. They're my favorite. Does anybody like do journals? Anything? Any kind of prayer journal kind of thing? Or other kind of journals? I have these in case anybody wants them. Uh, it's fancy notebooks. They're not really fancy, but um, they're just three subject notebooks. Um, and uh, what I would encourage you to do if you grab one, like in the first section, um, write like a little prayer journal. Or like on this column here, you would put the date you, you originally began praying for it. The middle section would be what the prayer was. The section would be the date it was answered. And then whenever God answered the prayer, highlight it, and you'll be pretty amazed how quickly this page will look colorful. And how he truly answers prayer. The second section, you can do like your devotional, Bible study, personal notes. In the last section, you can be notes from like in here or Sunday morning, that kind of stuff. If you want one, you guys can have one. Have a few more. So maybe you can journal your prayers or some other thoughts. Um, there's all kinds of ways. We can, if you like to study the original languages or see what the Bible is trying to tell us in the original language, or um, look at some theology or maybe some church history, there's some ways that we can, you know. Connect with God. But Jesus is the example who shows us that spending time with God is important. Uh, but we, uh, we've been given freedom in how we get to know God more closely. So you have freedom to figure out how you best connect with God. You guys see this? You guys hear me? You have the freedom to figure out how you best connect with God. Because how I do it may not be what works for you. And the way you connect with God may, may not be what's best for me. You guys, you guys understand this? This is a big deal. I want to make sure you guys understand that you have the freedom to choose how you connect with God. It's not, it's not prepackaged here. I'm going to give you a piece of paper. This is how, this is the only way. You got it? 
Because the truth is, there's not only one way to connect with God, because knowing God, it's an adventure, it's not a formula. I can't tell you, hey, do this, do this, do this, and you're going to connect with God. That's not how this works. This picture here, this is uh, called the Half Dome. This is Half Dome. It's a famous rock climbing destination in Yosemite uh, National Park in California. It's beautiful, it's majestic, and this doesn't look uh, really easy to climb. Not at all. As recent as the 1870s, uh, people thought this was impossible to ever climb. Like, it's never going to happen. Uh, but thousands of people continue to climb it now uh, every year. And since it took so long to figure out how to climb Half Dome, you might think there's only one right path to the top. Like some super secret path that humans a long time ago maybe figured out. Um, and now they can <coughs> go that way. And that's wrong. There's you know, hundreds of paths at the top of Half Dome. And humans continue to find more every year. And that's exactly what spending time with God is like. God is beautiful. God is majestic and powerful. But spending time with God isn't as hard as we sometimes think. Or as inaccessible. Like we can't reach God. He's God. You know, it, it might look a little uh, different for each one of us with how we connect with God. So if you think spending time with God is about finding the one right way to connect, you're going to think about faith like a formula. But your relationship with God isn't a formula that you have to get right. It's an adventure that you're already on. Maybe you already know some of the ways you connect well with God. But more than likely, you still need to discover some of the ways that work best for you. Um... So whether you've been following Jesus for years or still trying to decide what you think about God if you believe in God, here's what I hope you, you remember from today, that a relationship with God is an adventure. It's not a formula. So knowing God and getting to know God better will be the best journey that you'll ever, ever take in the greatest relationship that you'll ever have. Spending time with God can look a little different for each of us because God created each of us to be unique. But here's my challenge for you guys for this next week. Try spending God, time with God in, in a new way that maybe you've never done before. You know, maybe think of at least one idea that maybe he heard somebody else say or something I said. Think of an idea and try that for the next week. Some methods of spending time with God will be easier for you than others. But even the methods that are difficult can still teach you something important. So whether you spend time with God alone in a room in silence or riding your bike through your neighborhood or dribbling a basketball in your driveway or singing a song on top of your lungs, I truly hope that you'll spend time with God this week. Because relationship with your Creator is the greatest adventure that you can ever have. Uh, next week I'm going to give you guys this devotional uh, to, to try to maybe work through on your own or with a friend. Uh, just to grow closer a little bit together. Uh, it's going to take us up towards Easter and give you a chance just to kind of get, get ready to hear what God's going to tell you in that whole cool uh, Easter season, what's going to happen with that kind of stuff. So I have these journals up here for you. I'll have those for you uh, next week. Uh, let me pray real quick, and then we will uh, go to our small group time. Heavenly <coughs> Father, God, just um, pray for these kids as they leave. This, this large group time and they head to uh, small groups. I pray that uh, they continue to think about how you uh, you connect with them best, how they can connect with you on, on a personal, deeper level than they ever have before. I pray that they uh, 
our challenge this week. Try something different. So we've out of their comfort zone. Maybe be challenged by you to her closer to you, God. Just name I pray. Amen. All right, let me see. All right, we'll do, uh, let's see, one, two, three, four, five. We'll do three groups, uh, about seven kids. So we should be good.